Hi, my name's Brian, and like most of you, I'm staying at home during the pandemic. To pass the time, I decided to get some of my friends on the record about what they're cooking, how they're doing, and anything else that might be on their minds. Join me on What's Eating You. Today, I catch up with Leslie, an old roommate who's on vacation, Lakeside in upstate New York. About 10 years ago, we were in different places in our lives and the world, cohabitating as roommates in Astoria, Queens. Today, we talk wedding planning in the COVID times, explore the dangers of recreationally undertaken extreme sports, and swap a good Portuguese pastry recipe. All right, we're recording. Uh, <laughs> welcome, Les. Welcome to What's Eating You. Oh my gosh, thanks, B. It's so good to so good to hear your voice and talk to you. You too. It's been a little been a little while. Um, you know, since our days in Astoria, Queens, the 46th Street R <laughs> Station stop. Oh my gosh, yeah, that's right. That was that was my first apartment in Queens. Was it yours too? Yeah, yeah, because that was actually I think that was the one place I ended up living for like a year, a year almost exactly. Yeah. Oh, I was so sad when you left too. <laughs> going to get all educated and everything. <laughs> I'll tell you what, it wasn't what I expected, right? Because, you know, you think of, well, now people are all about Brooklyn. I would say then, this is what, 2010 or 11, people were not all yeah. about Brooklyn then. Um, in fact, you had fled yeah. far Brooklyn to come to Queens. <laughs> and people were in, you know, either like the apartments in Manhattan type of thing, or, the, mm -hmm. you know, the, if they could swing it, the Maybe not at that point, but like the houses people think about or the, the the apartments that are in the in those houses. We had what like a it was kind of it felt kind of like a row home apart townhome in Queens residential neighborhood. Like I parked my car there, and we had a bi level apartment. Right, we had the first floor in the basement. Yeah, it wasn't quite a brownstone. I don't think like you wouldn't mm -hmm. call that a brownstone. Mm -hmm. It was a definitely a bi level house, and it was kind of like one floor was girls and Jeff. And then the other floor was all, all the guys on in the basement. That's right. You know, which was like the, the cool hangout spot. Yeah, well, you came down and hung out a lot. You're you're cool. <laughs> yeah, no, that was definitely before Brooklyn got um more well known to be, you know, cool, had privately owned business, cool place to be. Queens was known as like the affordable place to be and not as super dangerous. I I moved to Queens from Bushwick, which was really bad then. Yeah, I remember you telling stories about just walking back from the subway station and being like, oh. <laughs> getting chicken wings thrown at me and <laughs> getting hollered at and oh my gosh, it was a mess. Yeah, I had to walk right by this fire station each time hollered at, you know, and, and if you said anything back, then they'd throw stuff at you. <laughs> 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 it was a mess. We got, I think we got robbed once. I got mugged once. Oh my gosh. Uh, and then we found out a couple of years later that it, the landlord was in on it. Oh. They had investigated the landlord and found the apartment below us got robbed too. And they found that guy's stand-up base in the landlord's, you know, basement or something what? when he got investigated. So he got busted for robbing his own tenants. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah, that was Brooklyn back then. So, yeah, so you came to Queens and Queens, it was weird, but it was at least... You know, it's funny. It was. Take it back. It was actually a fine. It was a fine year. It was a fine place. Yeah, weird land, no, weird, it was lovely. Weird, like landlord, resident landlord, you know, roommate landlord, I guess. 
a tennis coach. Yeah, he was he was funny. He was in the U.S. Open as a ball boy that year. For like his, he had I all think he'd been that, his whole life up. though, hadn't he? He was like a ball boy from when he was a kid, and he was like in his thirties, <laughs> definitely in his thirties, and he was like head ball boy at that point. <laughs> yeah, and his well, his wife, I think, dared him to do it that year, and he said okay, and he did, and they shipped him all those shoes remember he got all of those yeah. shoes paid for and there's stacks of nikes and stuff for him to wear while ball boying i guess so that that's was right. interesting he was actually got like quirky for sure like that's the word for him quirky and nice but then like every now and again he would he would like part of why i think he would rent to certain people is every now and again he wanted to have an hour-long conversation with somebody and so if you caught him <laughs> in the right mood you wouldn't get to your room for an hour and you and so you knew what, and you you knew what it was too because he'd be like in the in the in the, in the living room and at his desk in the entrance, or <laughs> sitting cross like or sitting with his like legs crossed kind of on the couch lounging, hands behind his head. Yep. Oh yeah, ready to chat. Talking about anything. <laughs> I do could talk the weather, the world, <laughs> his tennis team that he coached. Yep, his yeah. shows that he was producing. Because remember, he produced. He was a theater producer too. Oh, that's right. Oh, that's right. Oh, I forgot all about that. But enough about uh, enough about Jeff. Uh, how about how how are you? How have you been since uh, darn near ten years ago? And then we both <laughs> ended up by steps leaving New York, and now you <laughs> yep. are. Uh, I guess you're well. You're on vacation, but you're you're living in Virginia now. Yes. So I lived in New York probably about eight years longer that after after that year that we lived together and moved around Queens for a little while and then ended up in Brooklyn again when it was cool and then wanted my own place was sick of the roommates and moved out to New Jersey into a uh, you know one bedroom decently priced I had a car at that time so I was like I can do it I can get my own place in New Jersey got so incredibly bored in New Jersey and <laughs> missed the city so much and um you know, we decided to move to Virginia to, uh, and he, you know, Mark asked me to marry him. And so we moved to Virginia to a town center and like uh, just outside the city. So it's a little bit better, right? There's like a lot of stuff to do. But, um, you know, and, and even more stuff like kind of got back to my roots with gardening. So um, there's, a, you know, rentable garden plots. It's just this massive I don't know, space that's all fenced in and all these people rent garden plots. So I've been doing that and getting kind of back to my roots where I grew up with, you know, gardens at home and, and love flowers and planting vegetables and whatnot. So I'm doing that now. Definitely secured like a, a cool job not long after um, I moved to Virginia. I work now for a prestige hair care brand, still in sales, <laughs> selling out. Uh, you know, but for a good company, a very eco-conscious company. So it's really, really exciting. But yeah, oh my gosh. Yeah. And, you know, we were going to get married. So we had to postpone that into, you know, just not too long into the future. But now we're worried that it's going to be during the second wave that's predicted of, of this pandemic. Oh. So we're just kind of trying to take it day by day. But man, it's a lot. You think about how much just happened in the last four or five months and even more so to think that this is this new normal. And I hate that phrase, it's ridiculous, but it kind of does feel normal now where it's, you know, I remember when it was shocking to see someone with a mask. Now it's the opposite. And you're like, wait a minute, where's your mask? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. so now it's that next phase of, okay, now we're all getting really used to this. And um, 
So we had to break out. We went on vacation. We're on vacation in upstate New York. And um, about three days after we got here, Cuomo, you know, pretty much said, okay, Virginia can't travel to New York. So we were already here. So now we're just uh, quarantining here. And it's just the two of us here in this place anyway. So it's not even really a big deal. But yeah, but it's just crazy. And you have and you have friends up there, right? Because you're are you both from yeah, up there? Yeah, so we both. I'm from here. He's from Virginia, but we met at uh, okay. we met at RIT, where we both went to college. So we went to Rochester Institute of Technology, where we both met a long time ago. So he ended up moving to. And there was a gap in between, I guess, right? There was a some space in between. Yeah, so about fifteen, I think, fifteen years in between. But he ended up moving to wow. New York and to Brooklyn when I lived in Brooklyn. And a friend of ours said, you know, I think you guys should hang out. She's a mutual friend. I said, oh, man, I didn't know Mark was a, Mark was in town. Mark's so cool. He's so funny. Yeah, let's hang out. And then, um, and, and yeah, and then we just kept hanging out. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're still so hanging, hanging out right yeah. now. So. <laughs> <laughs> We hadn't talked or seen each other in a while, and then you know your wedding was coming out. I was like thinking about it, but the thing that was like freaking me out was that was right in the wave mm-hmm. Marchish when because your wedding was gonna yeah. be in April, right? Yep, it was, it was gonna April, be April seventeenth. Okay, so in Marchish, yeah, Marcus March, I was basically you know a month out. I'm not that last minute guy. I mean, I was kind of last minute, but not that <laughs> last minute. And I was just like kind of freaked about, and I was like, shoot, what's going on with this thing? Did I make it? And then you ended up, like you said, you ended up. So I think it was just as soon as they told us we had to stay home from work and travel started to get cut from Mm -hmm. Texas, let's just, that's it. You know, let's just postpone it. Uh, November sounds good. It should be safe by then because when it first went down, businesses were talking about opening up within two weeks. You know, we'll reopen our doors Mm -hmm. in two weeks. We'll see you then. You know, so we just moved the date just to be safe to November thinking, yeah, no problem. That will be perfect. You know, and Mm -hmm. then um just as soon as everything gets settled and we're settled we've got this routine we're both working from home he's got the office and I've got the kitchen table you know everything's okay this is great this is actually kind of nice oh yeah this is relaxing we're not having to deal with you know people we're both a little bit of introverts anyway this is kind of great and then um I (laughs) went out to um Mark has a one wheel you know one of those hoverboards with a with a one wheel in the center and you kind of as, as, as one does <laughs> and I said I'd really love to learn how to do this do you want to teach me and he said sure so he has a small one and a big one so I got on the small one and he got on the big one and and within 10 minutes I had <laughs> fallen and torn my ACL <laughs> <laughs> and so then we had to deal with that which was I think the most interesting part of the pandemic so far for sure for me because I always work out when I'm stressed about something and I absolutely Mm. couldn't do that. So it forced me to really, you know, deal with my stress in a totally different way. It was, it it was very, very interesting. So there's there's a lot there for the one wheel (laughs) respect. Did you laugh as hard when you fell? Cause you start cracking up. (laughs) Was it like you, did you know when you fell? Oh, it was awful. Yeah. And I was like reliving it for weeks afterwards, but now I'm to the point where I'm laughing. But I just, um, I, was moving forward, one leg stayed on the one wheel and the other one pretty much, you know, like put my put my foot down, but the one wheel kept moving. So mm-hmm. it just oh. just yeah, it just, you know, I heard the pop and I knew something bad happened and and we were 
we were far away from the apartment and we didn't have, uh, he had a phone. So he called his friend who lives in our building and he drove up to the, we were just in a parking garage on the top level, drove up there and they kind of like put me in the back of the car. And then we had to decide, do we go to the ER and supposedly, you know, expose ourselves to this virus or do we just kind of let it ride? Yeah. <laughs> and Just like try to read up on how to heal it at home. So we chose the latter and you know, three days later I said, I don't I don't think this is going away. We've gotta go. I've gotta go get this checked out. <laughs> Cause it it swells up, right? It like swells up and it's not nice. Yeah, it wasn't too swollen, but it was definitely I couldn't move it. So that was the telltale. It was mm. it was a little swollen, but not too bad. I ended up having like a fracture in a bone, a torn MCL Ooh. and then a completely torn ACL. So medial fracture. And yeah, anyways, it was a mess. It was a total mess. <laughs> I ended up like, and that's when I honestly, that's when I started baking a lot. And uh, that became like my, my way of dealing with things was to really just kind of put my focus into, into new recipes or into new, uh, new projects, something, some sort of project had to be going on every day, go out to the garden, limp out to the garden. <laughs> it was like, yeah you know, try to plant something and limp back. If I accomplished one thing in the day, I had to like be super, super excited about it. And I, I kept working too. Work was a good focus. Like, oh, working from home. Yeah. Okay, no problem. Like, I don't have to go out and see why. It was the best, the best <laughs> possible way. <laughs> so that was a good distraction. And, um, but yeah, yeah. Oh my God, it was just crazy. Cause then, then it turned away from, turned my focus away from, uh, we've got a, you know fix this wedding thing to you just like fix your body <laughs> no. uh, yeah. so that but anyway the wedding thing ended up working out for the better anyway we got the hotel that we wanted originally the venue is going to be cool instead mm. of a garden um wedding it's going to be they transform the garden into a walk of lights so it'll be 92 acres mm. of like christmas lights in the place it's going to be wow. so unique it's so cool so it'll be good Really good. You still think you can come? <laughs> I did get to resave the date, and <laughs> like I said, part of it's just uh, watching the watching the news totally. to see where which I know. way and things course, go. If things go the right way, it's, it's a little better. But it's just we don't know right now, right? That's the tough thing. I know. It's hard to find. I know. And of course, if it you know, we don't want anybody to feel like they have to come, or we would completely understand if people don't want to come. <laughs> so. I'll say this: I want, no. I want to come. That's a little, that's a separate thing, though. So we'll, we'll keep, we'll keep watching. I like this. So you're trying to get me uh, committed on the pod. So uh, <laughs> trying to close it. you, man. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You are in sales. Shoot. <laughs> but yeah, we were looking for something unique, right? The whole time this thing was scheduled in April, mm-hmm. we're like, oh man, we're gonna get this, you know, photo booth, and we're gonna have s'mores, and it just all seemed like it was gonna be this totally cookie cutter wedding and I couldn't figure out what we were going to do to make it unique and I kept thinking about that and then now that it has moved into the future it's definitely going to be more more unique the whole situation is unlike anything that's ever happened so well I'll tell you what this could be a lot of people's first post um COVID wedding yeah maybe that's kind of what I was hoping to that's what like I envisioned but you gotta I gotta let go of all expectations at this point Mm -hmm. I just you know Mm -hmm. Let's see. Let's see what happens. Well, well, still, you did see something crazy, though, uh, just before we started officially. 
and you're there with Mark now, but you said like it made you really evaluate like what is what is marriage, you know, like what is yeah the yeah. So all of my life, ever since a little girl, I always thought I'd be. I mean, I just everybody in my family's married two kids, married two kids. It's just you think that that's that's your your way in life, and and that's what I wanted, and I wanted to be married, and I um then after that comes two kids and you know, I yeah, met a whole bunch of guys, you know, during my life, they just, they never wanted to get married. So like I moved on and, you know, I um, finally did meet someone who shared that same, you know, value or want for their future. And then the day came and we had to postpone it, it really made me think like, and the wedding itself or marriage almost, it just doesn't really super change a lot except for just that legal aspect of it people still remain the same and the support remains the same emotionally and and just that physical being in your life is still there you know so I know (laughs) you thought I was going to say so we decided to just end things (laughs) (laughs) I I was scared like I said if I I didn't know you were up there with it now I I mean it just makes me look at marriage like a whole whole other way like you know what a marriage is yeah a well, like honorary said, celebration that's differently it. Than, your, than you did your whole life <laughs> yeah but that's still nuts though because like you said you thought that your whole life and then one like i mean this is life changing obviously this this past whatever six yeah. months or so has changed our world but it's funny like you said that's the way it's changed your yeah life. my whole outlook on on everything has just completely i mean completely changed i i bet to say that in some way it's changed everybody's outlook on on life in in some way or just the fragility of it but also just what you value or what you place value in changes Mm. yeah that's different for every person but definitely that for me i mean i value this you know this one day so much and of course you know i'm a little Mm -hmm. bit older too so like you know i waited quite a long time to meet that person you know that person um but then you know Mm -hmm. what and i'm glad i did because you know, there were some guys along the way that were, you know, great at blowing snot rockets, but not really, you know, like a a, a good partner. Well, it sounds like Mark's version of the divide. The man rides a one wheel, but is also like a supportive, decent human being. And so that's, that's everything you ever wanted. That's everything you ever wanted. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So, uh, you know, I, like you said, so you're, so you're cooking and baking. What, what kind of stuff then are you, are you getting into then? Like, what's, is this like meals? Is it desserts? Is it, I, I don't know. I just, people always say, oh yeah, some cooking. I'm like, well, what are you making? Cause it gives yeah, me yeah, no, I love, I love it. Um, I went through all of the, I think typical phases where, you know, everyone, the Instagram crazes on the, what was that coffee with fluff on it or whatever. I made, you, that, you made that, coffee that coffee and I can't think of what it's called now, but it was, I made that. And then I've gotten to the bread, like sourdough starter thing for a little while after I saw you and the rest of the internet do it and made a really, really overly <laughs> dense loaf of bread. And I have no idea how, but it was the heaviest thing ever, but it was good. <laughs> Way more than the stuff you put in. Way more than the things you no added idea. somehow. How that happened. I put it in what I thought was, I think, okay, a Dutch oven, but. I had to smush it down mm-hmm. a little bit in order to fit in there. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> no, it was cooked, I think, a little bit, and then it rose, right? So 
it rose and, and I had to put mm-hmm. the lid on top and I smushed it down a little just to just condense the bread <laughs> when I put the lid on. Um, and then, you know, I, I was making, definitely baking for comfort and eating for comfort throughout the whole, the whole mm-hmm. thing when it first started, like the first month. And then I slowly, like as my knee got better and as I started to get like a little bit less stressed out about the whole thing, you get your groove, you know, and then I started to kind of get healthy again. But man, I started out with like cupcakes, key lime pie, you know, making mac salad, potato salad, all of the bad, bad stuff. Yeah. (laughs) And then, um, you know, cookies and um then you know, I started to kind of get into the groove of things and be like, okay, now I've put on my six pounds. Now, how about we uh, start making chicken again? And, you know, start to mm-hmm. find new ways to, to cook, a million ways to cook chicken, which is kind of the phase I'm in now. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I found a really great recipe where you, you bread the chicken, you know, flour, egg, breadcrumbs. But the chicken is kind of sliced in half or butterflied, and you roll up ham and cheese and um, spinach inside there, close it up. Okay. Yeah, close it up, bread it, and then put it in a cast iron skillet with some uh, oil. Yes, it would be like a lower heat oil, so like olive oil, and just cook it mm-hmm. until the chicken is done, the temperature is done, and um, it's just the most delicious thing, and it's not that bad. It's a good way to cook chicken. Very delicious. That sounds awesome. Yeah, and then tonight. That's on my. That's on my list now. <laughs> I'll send you the recipe. It's it's excellent. And uh, made yeah like Portuguese egg tart, so it's like a little bit more egg than than custard, so it's a little bit healthier. So what's that? Because I don't I don't know what that is. What, All right, so Portuguese that? egg tart is, I mean, I think the best thing to come out of uh, one of the best things to come out of Portugal, food wise. I was going to say, what else? What else is coming out there? Okay. Food-wise, yeah. food um, it's just like a super flaky, right. flaky right. crust that you make by rolling out uh, dough, which is really literally just like egg, flour, and water, and a little salt. Mm-hmm. And so you roll it out, roll it out, uh, fold it, butter it, fold it again, butter it, roll it out, fold it again, you know, until you get the kind of layers of it. And you can roll mm. that up once it's all like rolled out, you roll it up into like a long tube, put it in the fridge, cut it into about six or seven little spirals, I suppose, right? So then you go down once it's once it's cooled and the mm. butter is chilled in there, you can cut it into little spirals, put that in the cupcake tin, shape it around the edges, mm-hmm. and then you cool it again while you make the custard. The custard is really just egg, sugar, cinnamon, lemon. And I think a little bit of flour in there too to just like hold its shape. And you pour that in, cook it really, really high heat, 550 for 10 minutes until it sizzles on the top, turns like a little bit crusty wow. brown on top. And I think it was monks that monks that came up with this recipe. So they perfected it over <laughs> over time. And it is this uh, This is wild. It sounds like a pastry slash cinnamon roll <laughs> slash uh, like popover, you know, like it's a, seriously. It, it yeah. Oh, I'll send you that recipe too. No, it's excellent. So you are doing a ton of stuff. Yeah. I did anything to fill the time, you know, what have you been cooking? Has anybody asked yeah. you that yet? What are you cooking? <laughs> yeah. Sometimes I, it's different things sometimes. Right. So I make a lot of, uh, I'm really good at pan pizzas now in the Ooh. cast iron. So I can, you know, do a dough 
it, I make, I let it sit usually between 12 and I don't know, 48 hours or so. So I'll make it a day or, you know, <clears throat> a few days in advance. And then, you know, it's like, uh, I do a, every so often I do a big batch of homemade sauce, pizza sauce, which is good to do because like the canned sauces, I don't know yeah. the flavors of, and the uh, spaghetti sauces are too watery. Like the ah, pasta sauces okay, are too watery. I wonder watery. what the difference was there. Yeah. So it's a little okay. thicker. And because under the heat, it'll break down a little bit. So that's like why you do a pretty thin amount of it, because it'll break down a little bit on the, okay. on the pizza, you know, cheese and then whatever toppings and just like let that go in a good cast iron. And you get like, I tell people, it makes me think of Pizza Hut and like the Pocket <laughs> Challenge and how you used to like read your requisite yeah. number of books and then you could show your little badge and you'd get a personal pan pizza, like the crust is buttery. Yeah. And, you know, it's not... It's not it's not deep dish, but it's also not you know the crispy New York. It's crispy in a different way, right? There's still bubbles in the crust. It's, it's good. It's chewy. It's good, but it's a little different. So I do I do those probably more than I should, but I end up doing you know maybe every week or every two weeks I'll make one. You know, for last minute. You've always been a prepper. I always feel like I when I was thinking about what you cooked when we were in Queens earlier, it's like trying to remember I remember you prepping a lot and it sounds like you still do like you prep the sauce you can prep the dough and then just take whatever it's like I remember you making egg sandwiches prepping them like like bagel sandwiches and then yeah. freezing them and then you take yeah. one and yeah like an assembly <laughs> yeah. line yeah so I could see you doing that with pizza now too oh I've got to try that I mean that's some of the crazy things I feel about cooking is that like it takes, and I, I live by myself now, so it's like, it, it, and I pretty much always cooked for myself, but it's, it takes as much time and energy to cook one portion for one person as it does to cook for four people, right? So, you know, sort of line stuff up and figure out how to, you know, the next step is like, how do you store it or have it in sequence, you know, so you don't just have to eat four per people's mac and cheese at once, you know, which maybe actually is a good thing to do sometimes, <laughs> but, you know, it just it's kind of a different challenge. And in quarantine, I just have more time to plan that because that's the really, to me, was always a limiting right. factor was time. You know, it's like you're out at work, you're coming home, you, you stay out after work or something like that. Or on the weekend, you have now you cramming a week's worth of tasks into the weekend. Plus, you still want to do other stuff. So it's like time has always, it seems, been like a real short commodity. I mean, think about New York, right? I was riding this, the train almost an hour each way, right? Or 30, at least 30, 30 minutes mm-hmm. is the fastest but it could be an hour each way. And that's just time you just, I mean, you get used to it and you live with it and like you would read or listen to music or veg out yeah. or whatever you do, but you can't be doing meal prep then, you know, <laughs> unless it's in your head. Think about it. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, I mean, that's the whole key with, so when do you, t- when do you time that out now? Or do you, or do you have time like on your lunch break to prep or just like in between calls, you can just kind of do yeah, a couple well, things or. Exactly. I think something, like you said, thinking about values and, and what you do, a lot of it has been, you know, the traditional mode, especially in the beginning, it was kind of like trying to replace the way you would work at work at home. And that's just not possible right. for all kinds of reasons. You know, like pragmatically, I only have one laptop screen here at work. I had two monitors that were sort of um, linked. So I had more right. screen space. It's easier to do certain things. Stuff just takes time sometimes. And so, but also like, the idea that we're not, it's hard to like work from home. You're sort of living with work here now. And so just being kinder, I think, to ourselves about, look, if I need to like stand up and go into my kitchen and 
make eggs. Like that doesn't mean that I need to, you know, you don't need to be, you shouldn't be hungry and stomach growling when your kitchen's three feet away, right? That seems crazy. Yeah. Like, why are we doing this deprivation toward, like the world's hard enough right now, you know, don't need to depri- deprive ourselves and like, torture ourselves. Right. So basically it's like, yes, there's a call or an email I'm starting to send. It's like, you know what, let me just put my clothes in the laundry, in the, you know, on the wash and like come back to this thing that yeah. I was working on. And the five minutes you took away from it is okay. They, basically that's where I'm at. So it's like, hey, and it's also good to have a change of pace, to be honest. Right. You know, to be able to sort of stand up and because I don't have a good desk chair, office chair type thing. I'm kind of at like you at a kitchen table. Yeah. And I can't make it eight hours in this chair. I shouldn't probably for my body. So it's like, it's actually okay to get up and go chop onions for the soup you're making tonight, you know, whatever it is, right? So yeah. that's the kind of thing that I've sort of, that's how I've adjusted. And bread is the same way. It's like, there are, it's easy. A lot of the time is spent letting it hang out, but hey, if you need to spend 10 minutes doing this initial thing, that's okay. Like focus on that, do that. And then worry or you know, or like you said, if it's a call, you can talk while you're mixing bread. That's not a big deal. Yeah, and I think that's awesome. You've got to have a distraction, right? If when you're at home from work, otherwise, it's, if it's just work all the time, I mean, you'll forget to eat lunch or you'll forget to take those breaks. Whereas before, maybe those breaks were easier to have because someone stepped into your office and wanted to chat for a little while or, you know, you had to walk down the hall to get something from, you know, you know something from the storage area or um I don't know like you someone calls you or it's it's just totally different it's totally different and yeah it's just like now you have to replace it with like a solo activity of sorts which is I think for a lot of people it's becoming cooking which is kind of cool yeah well I mean it's interesting for you because like you like you said you're you sound like you're good about setting up separate workspaces so during the work day you and Mark have space but it's like you still also live and pets right (laughs) and pets now you're always there so I know you guys, what, you got a dog, right? That's, yeah. That's relatively new. Yeah, yeah. And then do you, do you have a cat still? Yep, Gaston is still alive, so he's there too. Gaston is still hanging out? <laughs> yeah. How old is he, like 30? <laughs> he's 17, and he just oh got <laughs> clean bill of house. Clean bill of house, except for that he, um, well, he meows a lot at night, so they gave him some sort of geriatric vitamin to to help with <laughs> that. And so we have to play with him during the day, otherwise he sleeps all day. And he's just up at night mm-hmm. meowing. So if we play mm-hmm. with him during the day, um, you know, then, then he doesn't meow quite as much at night and the vitamins help him loosen up. His joints were probably a little bit stiff. So now he's running around being sassy uh-huh. again and just, you know, chasing after our ankles and <laughs> same old, you know, same old Gaston as always. So yeah, but he's doing That's good. Great. Yeah, exactly. Like you said, the adjustment of us always being around and just figuring out how to, you know, yeah. Keep them from tear, tearing stuff up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, um, I mean, pets are such a wonderful distraction as well. I, I guess it's all about that, right? It's like, okay, I sense right now that I need to go do something because my body's like, you know, hurting from sitting in this chair or, you know, my brain is just not forming a complete thought like it was an hour ago when I first sat down. I just need a break. Right. It's like sometimes mm-hmm. if I really, really need a break, I'll just go drive to this garden plot that I have and and sit in there for a little while, get some sun, water stuff, pick a weed, and then I'm like ready to go again. But <laughs> yeah, it's just everybody's got their own little distractions now, which I think are healthy. 
don't know how I would have managed this pandemic two years ago or yeah. five or ten. You know, imagine doing this when we lived in when we lived in Queens. Like I don't know how I would if I would survive. <laughs> you know, oh, I know. We'd be hanging out all the time. I think that I think I would have moved down to the city. I don't know. I mean, all the places that I yeah. had were so small. Remember our room, like how small our rooms were in that place, oh, yeah. you know, and in, without the freedom. And then the freedom even like the idea of getting food mm-hmm. and yeah, it, it would have been crazy. Yeah. If we were all cooking in the one or one of two of those kitchens, so like amongst however many people, there were like eight of us living in there. Yeah. And the on hot plates and... <laughs> Yeah, so I think that would have been the straw for me that I would have, I would have probably left New York at that point mm-hmm. if this happened when I still lived in one of those small apartments. It would have been really tough. But yeah, plus I was just also different, different person. Like so much more of my life was about like hanging out and doing stuff, yeah. and that's why you're there partly, right, in New York to to hang out and do that kind of stuff and see shows and yeah. you know. And we were never home. Even we were at, always out. Exactly. Exactly. Out spending our money at some bar we read about that was really cool. <laughs> no. Yeah. Going to get that burger at that new burger place, you know, and so you fill in your burger rubric. <laughs> That's right. You know what would have been? You know what would have been great? You know, was, remember the uh, the snowstorm? It would have been like that, where we basically were snowed in oh, yeah. for like what three three days, maybe. <laughs> wow, I forgot all about that. Yeah. Yeah, and it was like the subway stopped running. That's kind of that was what it was like, but it was like that for a few days, mm-hmm. which was kind of a nice break. I didn't have to go to work. I remember yeah. that, and uh, that was kind of <laughs> nice. But also think about technology and how far technology has come, where it was so much more possible, so much more le- like less possible back then to give everyone a la- laptop, you know, and, and work mm-hmm. from home. Maybe mm-hmm. maybe it's more possible now than it was, you know, 10, 12, yeah. even 12 years ago. Only I probably right. the more elite people and people that made more money would be set up to do something like that. But even like the whole ordering food infrastructure, because even though New York has it, like, yeah, the, it, it would just be people's phones ringing off the hook, right? Because most of the online order delivery things weren't really full fire yet. Yeah, and bike messengers. So there wasn't really Uber Eats or... Yeah, I mean, they were all just kind of like <laughs> mopeds or independently yeah. contracted drivers, person who lived or worked there driving it to you or paying mm-hmm. a messenger to drive it to to you. It was all different. Yeah, exactly. Now I'm thinking about it. I don't know how, would've, how we would have made it. I'm trying to think of the grocery store that we went to shop at. There was a stop and shop there, I think. There was a stop. Yeah, there was something on the main drag, but then it was like bodegas and stuff, basically. But then other than that, just bodegas. And the stop and shop was a hike. Like that was a that was a mm-hmm. walk to go to. Mm-hmm. Probably like. A, and then bring stuff back. And then bring all the stuff back, but only a certain amount. Of, yeah, nobody had a car. None of us had a car. Did you have a car? You did have a car. I did, but. <laughs> yeah. But I drove it like once a month. Yeah. All right. Now, I guess we're getting we're getting close to our hour and I know you want to get back on the back on the beach. But I have to ask you one of my favorite stories you ever told me, which is one from your your younger days, your formative days when you lived in Florida and you took that. I forget what was it rafting tubing? What were you what were you doing? Oh, man. Okay, so I lived in Florida to do the Disney internship and I ended up living there. I think it was about eight or nine months. That was the length of time. And the week before I was moving home, my roommate and I decided to get in her car and just 
you know, go do a canoe tour in the Everglades. And that was, you know, about an hour and a half drive or however long it is to get to this super central, central Florida to get on this, you know, canoe and go on a canoe tour. She read about somewhere, like circa 2002. And so we get in the canoe and shortly after getting in the canoe, I recognized that my amazing roommate at the time just did not know how to canoe or steer a canoe. And she was in the back of the canoe. So they could, you know, so she was in the steering kind of house of the the canoe and we're going back and forth, uh, almost like an S. And if you can picture a river, right? And we're just like taking this S path. We're going right, 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 right. Okay, left, 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 left. And um, it was a really, really good time. And we started to hit the end of the, the, you know, the tour there and had our way, our way back. And she kind of steered the canoe, kind of steered away from this overhanging tree, but we ended up going right into it. And I, I reached up because I was in the front of the canoe to try to push that branch out from hitting us, you know, and just push it up and out of the way. And something came out of the tree and just <laughs> snapped at my finger. And it was this neon green snake. And I saw it go snap my finger, go right back up the tree, and it hurt so much it felt like a burn. Uh, so I like took my hand and I looked at it and I had like two holes in there. And I was okay. Oh, uh, I'm gonna put my hand in the water because I think I saw this on TV that I, you know, put your hand in water or squeeze it or something like it. I didn't know what to do, so I put it in the water. The water was cold. It was awesome. I said, Leah, we've got to go fast. We've got to go fast. I definitely got bit by something. Uh, it was just you two up there. Just us. Yeah, just us. For probably another mile or two before we got back to the house that we rented the canoes. <laughs> so it's burning. I definitely gave myself symptoms of anxiety, you know, thinking, okay, my chest, you know, my, my, my heart's beating real fast. I hope this is okay. I hope it's not venomous had no idea but um all I knew is we had to go fast so we finally get back to the house where we rented the canoes from and I ran out of the canoe I said guys you gotta call 911 call 911 I got bit by a snake and this guy came over you know kind of waddled over real slow looked at it said oh you're fine and he said something in you know southern Florida language that just somehow signaled someone to throw him a cold beer <laughs> they w- whipped him a cold beer he said here put this on it He's like, <laughs> he handed me a cold beer can I held it on my hand and I said okay I guess this is fine <laughs> <laughs> I guess it's gonna be okay and I like think we ended up going out on their boat on like you know having beers with them like going out on their boat and <laughs> they were like we were spotting gator and so we ended up having like a fun, a fun time after that. But then uh, the next day I woke up and I had hives like all the way up my arm. So I was pretty sure that I got bit by something. It wasn't super venomous, but it definitely like didn't yeah. agree with my body either. So for a week I had those, um, those hives and uh, then it went away. <laughs> my story. And I still have the scar from when it, where it bit me. <laughs> That's wild. Yeah. That's the most, probably the most Florida story. Yeah. I thought it'd be really cool and get a tattoo of a snake around my wrist, right? And like have the mouth of the snake point towards the bite. And I thought that was really the coolest idea. And then I got the tattoo and I was like, I hate this tattoo. 
Like like that bad? You hated it that bad? I did. I tried tried it. I gave it a shot. Six years. I tried, you know, tried getting used to it. They just didn't didn't fully ever love it. And um, mm. then I, so I had it like lasered off, and you'd never know that I had that there. <laughs> yeah. It's a heck of a story. Yeah. Yeah, that was a uh, really really. I can't believe that we didn't at least call 911 or like. Yeah, you never went to the hospital. You never went to the ER. No. You know, the most I ever did was get like a bottle of cortisone cream from the drugstore mm. and put it on there. The <laughs> That's it. Yeah. You're here to tell the tale. Yeah, <laughs> thank God. You're still here. Still, I'm holding a cold beer right now. I'll put it right there. <laughs> okay. In, mem- in memory. In memory. Cheers. Snake bite. Well, I'll cheers you too, Les. I guess I'll let you get back to your vacation. Thanks so much for uh, spending a little time on the horn with me and uh, and the chat. And, uh, you know, we will keep monitoring the situation yeah. for that November wedding. I promise you. Well, thanks, B. Thanks for catching up with me tonight. And, uh, you know, awesome to hear your voice as always. And keep on keeping on. I love your podcast. So thanks for asking me to be on it. And that wraps another episode of What's Eating You. Thanks, as always, to Les for taking time out of her lake holiday to chat. Fingers crossed for a viable fall wedding season. We'll talk soon.